Welcome to the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast. I'm Dr. Rita Jablonski, a nurse practitioner and researcher with over 30 years of experience working with people who have dementia and their family and formal carers. I explain why behaviors happen, what the behaviors mean, and how to best handle them. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Welcome to episode 10, Urinating in the Trash Can. So in episode 9, I talked about poop, how to avoid accidents, and how to stop people from smearing. In today's podcast, I'm going to discuss why people with dementia may pee in places other than the toilet, and what to do about it. Last week, I was working with a client, Vanessa, which is not her real name, who wanted help with her mother-in-law, Janet. Janet is also not her real name. Janet was constantly peeing in the laundry room trash can during the night. Her husband would discover the pee in the laundry room trash can every morning and was frustrated with the behavior. Sometimes there was also pee around the laundry room trash can, and he was concerned that Janet may slip in the urine and fall. I started to help by asking a lot of questions. I wanted to know, does Janet pee in the laundry room trash can during the day? What is her evening routine? And please tell me about the layout of the house, especially about the lighting. I learned that my client was the primary caregiver for her mother-in-law during the day. Vanessa would stay with her mom all day and then would head home around 6 p.m. Janet's husband would take Janet to the bathroom around eight and she would pee in the toilet. He would then help Janet into her pajamas and she was in bed by about 8.30. Janet was usually asleep by 9 p.m. Janet's husband would read until 10 or so and then go to sleep. He described himself as a heavy sleeper and needed an alarm to wake him up in the morning he preferred to get up around 6. Janet would wake up on her own around 8 a.m., and that's when Vanessa would arrive in their house. She would go into the bedroom, get her mother up, and take her to the bathroom immediately, and then help her get dressed, breakfast, and all the morning activities. Per Vanessa, Her mother-in-law, Janet, rarely sat down and would constantly walk from room to room. Vanessa told me that she would often escort Janet to the bathroom when she noticed Janet tugging on her pants, and Vanessa also reported that Janet had a worried look on her face when she needed to urinate. Vanessa provided some very important information that would be helpful. First, Janet was very much aware of her need to urinate, but could not find the commode without assistance. In fact, Janet's husband had put a bedside commode in the bedroom, but Janet walked right past the commode on her nightly journeys. 
Vanessa then described the layout of the house. Everything was on one floor. The master bedroom was at the north end of the hallway, and the laundry room was at the south end of the hallway. The bathroom was in the middle of the hallway on the western wall, so when you walked out of the master bedroom, it would be there on the right. The eastern side of the hallway led into the living room. When I asked about lighting, Vanessa mentioned that her father-in-law had installed night lights in the hallway to prevent Janet from stumbling in the dark. No lights were left on in the living room after bedtime. Vanessa's description literally shed light, no pun intended, on the situation. The hallway was well lit, unlike the living room. It made sense that Janet would stay in the well-lit hallway. I was curious why Janet did not try to open any of the other doors and why she would go all the way to the end of the laundry room and open up that door. Vanessa supplied an important detail. The two outlets where the night lights were plugged in were at opposite ends of the hallway. One was near the master bedroom and one was near the laundry room. The other doors were in shadow. So at this point in the blog, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll return with how we fixed the problem. So stay tuned. Welcome back. So let's talk about how I helped Vanessa figure everything out. Based on Janet's needs, I figured out that she was in the late, moderate, early, severe stage of her dementia. At this stage, her cerebral cortex, which is the outermost layer of the brain, probably had a lot of damage. The cerebral cortex has many jobs, and one of its jobs is to process information from all of the senses. Janet was likely having trouble understanding that there were multiple doors in the hallway. That's why she wasn't trying to open any of them up. And because of the lighting pattern, where the night lights were at the top of the hallway, rather where the master bedroom was, and then the second night light was near the laundry room, she went towards the two doors nearest the light night lights. I had a mental picture of Janet walking up and down the hallway, puzzled, until the need to urinate was so great that she urinated in the laundry room trash can. In other words, she left the bedroom, wandered in the hallway, and went into the laundry room, looked around, walked out of the laundry room, headed back toward the master bedroom where the other nightlight was, probably walked around the master bedroom and, and really couldn't find 
uh, trash can in there and I found out later that the trash can had been removed. It was only one in the laundry room. Janet had no previous experience with the bedside commode and with that level of dementia, she was unable to learn new things, which is why she would walk past the bedside commode as she wandered around trying to find a place to relieve herself. As I mentioned in the previous podcast about poop smearing, learning to hold one's urine and feces is an overlearned skill. Welcome back. So let's talk about how I helped Vanessa figure everything out. Based on Janet's needs, I figured out that she was in the late, moderate, early, severe stage of her dementia. At this stage, her cerebral cortex, which is the outermost layer of the brain, probably had a lot of damage. The cerebral cortex has many jobs, and one of its jobs is to process information from all of the senses. Janet was likely having trouble understanding that there were multiple doors in the hallway. That's why she wasn't trying to open any of them up. And because of the lighting pattern, where the night lights were at the top of the hallway, rather where the master bedroom was, and then the second night light was near the laundry room, she went towards the two doors nearest the light night lights. I had a mental picture of Janet walking up and down the hallway, puzzled, until the need to urinate was so great that she urinated in the laundry room trash can. In other words, she left the bedroom, wandered in the hallway, and went into the laundry room, looked around, walked out of the laundry room, headed back toward the master bedroom where the other nightlight was, probably walked around the master bedroom and, and really couldn't find a trash can in there. And I found out later that the trash can had been removed. It was only one in the laundry room. Janet had no previous experience with the bedside commode, and with that level of dementia, she was unable to learn new things, which is why she would walk past the bedside commode as she wandered around trying to find a place to relieve herself. As I mentioned in the previous podcast about poop smearing, learning to hold one's urine and feces is an overlearned skill. As infants, we start out with a strong dislike of sitting in wet or soiled garments, which is why babies cry when they have a wet or poopy diaper. When we start to learn to control our urine and feces, usually around ages two and a half to three-ish, we also learn that there is deep shame associated with soiling ourselves. These memories and learned behaviors persist until the severe stage of dementia. I explained all of this to Vanessa, and together we put together a plan. The night light at the far end of the hallway would be moved to the outlet closest to the bathroom doorway. 
the bathroom lights were to be kept on all night. In fact, I requested that she remove the current bathroom light and replace it with a brighter bulb. I also suggested that the toilet lid remain up. The bathroom trash can was also removed. Also, all hallway doors were to be left closed. I explained to Vanessa that by keeping the bedroom end, the north end of the hallway well lit, Janet would be unlikely to wander to the dark end of the hallway. This is also why she was probably not wandering into the living room because it was dark. People in the moderate to severe stage also have trouble recognizing familiar objects. So keeping the toilet lid up and exposing the toilet seat may help her understand this is where she has to pee. Keeping the lid up would also remove one additional step from successfully using the commode. It would keep her ability to use the commode much easier. The well-lit bathroom would act like a beacon to attract her into the bathroom. I suggested removing the bathroom trash can because Janet may use the trash can instead of the toilet, especially if the trash can is between the doorway and the commode. I found out a couple days later, everything worked. So yes, success, at least for now. If you have a question or a topic that you would like me to address, please email me. The email is info at makedementiayourbitch.com. I also believe it's in the podcast description. So thank you for listening. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your Bee, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.